Welcome to U News, the podcast using the power of Univision to bring the news that matters to you in English. Today is Wednesday, November 27th. I'm Maite Interiano, and these are the headlines. Powerful winds along with blizzard conditions and rain are expected today, one of the busiest travel days of the year. New revelations in the impeachment inquiry undermine President Trump's arguments for freezing $400 million in security aid to Ukraine. And President Trump says he plans to designate drug cartels in Mexico as terrorist groups, catching official Mexican officials off guard. This and much more today on U News, recorded live in our newsroom in Miami. We begin today with major developments in the impeachment inquiry. The New York Times reporting President Trump knew about the whistleblower complaint, but by the time he released the aid to Ukraine, the revelation would could shed light into the president's actions and the timeline on the critical decisions made by his administration. Also, two officials at the White House Budget Office resigned, in part over President Trump's withholdings of aid to Ukraine. That's according to testimony by Mark Sandy, a White House budget official. We have much more on this ahead, but on the show in this first hour, but let's go with the weather causing headaches to millions of holiday travelers today, one of the busiest days of the year. Overnight in California, massive wind gusts ripping this roof of a building in Crescent City, scattering debris everywhere. Meanwhile, in the south, at least four tornadoes reported, one destroying this mobile home in Park in Louisiana. This garage door ripped right off. Scattered wooden debris and remains of furniture littered across the ground. This tree yanked right from its roots. Throughout the country, winter's fury causing chaos on the roads, as no rain and fierce winds combined to form treacherous driving conditions. In Utah, this trooper, seen here on police dash cam, assisting a crash scene when suddenly... Another vehicle comes crashing towards him. After losing control on the icy road, the trooper hopping a barrier to avoid the collision. In Nebraska, icy roadways leading the semi-truck to lose control, flipping onto its side while an SUV slipped into a ditch on the side of a road. And at least a foot of snow in parts of Minnesota forced cars off the road. And firefighters were hoping rainy weather would help those wildfires which threatened thousands of homes in the coastal foothills of North northern Los Angeles. The fire that erupted Monday raged through dry canyons in the same area where a 1990 blaze destroyed more than 400 homes. About 2,400 residences and other buildings near Santa Barbara remain threatened. And high winds in Oklahoma prompted officials to issue a fire warning for the area near the northwestern town of Moorland. Some residents had to be evacuated Tuesday afternoon after wildfires sparked and spread quickly. Authorities say people in those areas should stay away and follow all safety instructions from local emergency management officials. They also urge people to not drive into the smoke. Despite the weather, millions of Americans are packing their bags, ready to spend time with loved ones for Thanksgiving. But the journey could get a little bit challenging. Fabiola Galindo has the details. 
the race for a holiday season travel has kicked off. This year, the AAA estimates that a new record will be set for travelers in the sky and on the ground. Bueno, venimos en, en lift yeah. and the traffic was horrible. Yeah. yeah. Horrible, pero sí. no complain. More than 3 million Americans will use the airports on Sunday by the end of the Thanksgiving weekend, a number never recorded before in a single day. The economy is strong and the consumer has more money saved to spend and travel. Today is the worst day to leave. 2.98 million passengers are expected in the airports. On Thursday, the amount decreases to 1.79 million. On Friday, 2 million will be traveling, a little less than Saturday when it is estimated that 2.8 million people will travel again. But coming back could be the worst. A record of 3.1 million passengers will go back home on Sunday. The highway is the preferred mode. 55 million travelers are expected to get behind the wheel, 1.6 million more than last year. The traffic could be their worst enemy, but with a little help, as gas prices are similar or cheaper than last year. Using the cell phone increases the risk of having an accident by 400%. If you travel by plane, don't forget there are certain objects you shouldn't pack and don't exceed the amount of liquids. This passenger prefers not to bring any with her. I don't need to bring toiletries because my family provides that at home. Additional TSA agents are working on this holiday to manage the record number of travelers, but they have never seen more than 3 million people travel in one single day, which makes Sunday a bigger challenge. In La Guardia Airport, New York, Fabiola Galindo, U News. The latest on the impeachment inquiry, the president defending himself at a rally in Florida. As New York Times report and newly released testimony transcripts question the timeline of what president the president knew and when. This as he attempts to distance himself from Giuliani. Lorraine Gassidis has the latest. On Tuesday, the House Intelligence Committee releasing the transcripts of the last two closed-door depositions. Witnesses Mark Sandy, an official of the Office of Management and Budget, and State Department official Philip Reeker, revealing new details on the timeline that led to the freezing and unfreezing of military aid to Ukraine. Sandy testified that he believed two officials left OMB in part because of concerns over the Ukraine's security assistance, adding that the White House rationale for the holds was quotes, an open question over the course of late July and pretty much all of August, as I recall. Then testifying, quote, I recall in early September, an email that attributed the whole to the president's concern about other countries not contributing money to Ukraine. Philip Reeker's testimony provided more details on the efforts inside the State Department to defend former U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Yovanovitch, who was removed from her post earlier this year amid a smear campaign led by the president's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani. The president at a rally in Florida on Tuesday claiming the polls are on his side. They're pushing that impeachment witch hunt and a lot of bad things are happening to them because you see what's happening in the polls? Everybody said, that's really 
Meanwhile, the New York Times raising questions about what the president knew when he lifted the hold on nearly $400 million in military aid to Ukraine, reporting that Trump had already been briefed on the whistleblower report and knew he was being accused of wrongdoing and holding up that aid when he decided to release the funding. Now the president is trying to distance himself from his personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, telling Bill O'Reilly he didn't know what Giuliani was up to in Ukraine. What was Rudy Giuliani doing in Ukraine on your behalf? Well, you have to ask that to Rudy, but Rudy, I don't, I don't even know. So you didn't direct yeah. him to go to Ukraine and do anything or put no, any heat on him? No, I didn't direct him, but he... he... He is a he is a warrior. Rudy's a warrior. But the president himself repeatedly mentioned Giuliani in the July phone call that sparked this impeachment inquiry in the first place, telling Ukrainian president to talk to Giuliani. Giuliani is a highly respected man and I would like you to call him. Rudy very much knows what's happening and he is a very capable guy. If you could speak to him, that would be great. Giuliani this week saying he trusts the president will stand by his side, but regardless has kept resources of his sleeve in case he needs to defend himself. I've seen things written like he's going to throw me under the bus. Right. When they say that, I say he isn't, but I have insurance. The House Judiciary Committee has scheduled its first public hearing for December 4th, just a week from now, focusing on the constitutional grounds for presidential impeachment. The president's lawyer will be allowed to interrogate witnesses. Back to you, Mike. Thank you, Lorraine. New insight from an anonymous author of A Warning. That's the new scathing new book on the inner workings of the Trump of Trump in the White House. Someone claiming to be the author took it to Reddit Tuesday night, answering questions via a thread, AMA, or Ask Me Anything. Michelle Jurado has the details. There's more to come. Those words from the person identifying themselves as anonymous, who wrote the new White House insider book titled A Warning. The book publisher confirming that the anonymous author answered questions last night on Reddit, defending their decision to remain anonymous, and suggesting that President Trump will know his or her identity by the 2020 election. I will not keep my identity shrouded in secrecy forever. Anonymous writes, I am not afraid to use my own name to express concern about the current occupant of the Oval Office. Donald Trump has not heard the last of me. Anonymous claims to be a senior official in the Trump administration, and last September, a person identified as the same official captivated the nation's attention after writing an op-ed in the New York Times titled, I am part of the resistance, vowing, quote, to thwart parts of President Trump's agenda and his worst inclinations. But in the Q&A, Anonymous says that was dead wrong, writing, no one can thwart his attraction to wrongdoing. The latest act of resistance is the op-ed published in the failing New York Times by an anonymous, really an anonymous, gutless coward. You just look. He was, uh, nobody knows who the hell he is. The newly released book portrays a White House in crisis, with Anonymous claiming that senior administration officials threatening to quit and must to call attention to the president's alleged mismanagement and erratic behavior. And Anonymous also says there are fears within Trump's inner circle that he's doing Putin's bidding. The author teasing last night on Reddit that more bombshells could be released before next November, claiming a one-questioner quote. Other people who are currently serving and who have left are also considering adding their voices before votes are cast in 2020.
Nobody really knows whether these quotes or these accusations are true because we don't know who it is. There's no way to judge the veracity of what this person is saying. The White House earlier this month calling Anonymous a gutless coward who doesn't have the spine to put his or her name to their shameful lies. On impeachment, Anonymous telling Reddit users bluntly that President Trump demanded a quid pro quo from Ukraine to disrupt the 2020 election, adding everyone in the White House knows this, including the president himself. But the author warns how impeachment could further divide the country and says he believes the country must defeat President Trump at the ballot box in 2020 by a convincing margin. Michelle Jurado, U News. Joe Biden maintains his national lead over fellow 2020 Democratic presidential candidates, according to a new CNN poll. The poll reports that 28 percent of Democrats and Democratic-leaning independents who are registered to vote prefer the former vice president to the rest of the crowded primary pack. Behind Biden, 17 percent favor Senator Bernie Sanders, followed by 14 percent for Warren and 11 percent for Mayor Pete Buttigieg. The remainder of the field each garnered only 3% or less. Democratic presidential candidate Pete Buttigieg is responding to a scathing opinion piece published on the African-American-oriented website The Root. The piece addresses remarks Buttigieg made about low-income students of color in 2011 when that recently re-emerged. During his majoral run, Buttigieg said that children in, quote, lower-income minority neighborhoods, unquote, usually don't ha know anyone who values education. Buttigieg now says he has come a long way since the comments were made. Presidential candidate Michael Bloomberg said Tuesday that the United States needs an awful lot more immigrants rather than less. On his second day campaigning for the Democratic nomination, the former New York City mayor contrasted his views on immigration with President Donald Trump's restrictive policies and laid out a vision of a multicultural society enriched by immigrants. He blasted Trump's policies that resulted in the separation of families arriving on the border. A devastating ambush in Sonora, Mexico, took the lives of nine members of the Lebaron family. Frustrated with the response of the Mexican government, the family is now petitioning the U.S. government for help fighting local cartels. Gianni Aponte has the story. A member of the Lebaron family wrote on a petition on the White House website. Faced with the crimes they commit with impunity and their almost unlimited resources, Mexican drug traffickers should be considered by the U.S. government as terrorist groups. The reaction in Mexico was harsh. No somos we are not traitors. We are not going to allow any threat, any intervention from abroad. Because if in this country there are terrorists and not drug traffickers, according to international law, one order from President Donald Trump could be enough to carry out an American operation, whose mission is to eliminate the criminals. That is what happened with the members of Al-Qaeda or the Islamic State. No necesitas. You don't need to designate or classify a specific group as terrorist in order for us to act together against it. Apart from inconvenience, it would be unnecessary. And they dare to raise their voices. If I were them, with shame, I would remain quiet. 
Adrian and Julian Levaron explain their reasons and they want their request to go international. Well, the chancellor himself said that the person who entered a Walmart store in El Paso, Texas and killed a lot of people was a terrorist. I don't know how he got scared to call a large group of people who massacre women and children terrorists. Yo digo que el mexicano que, que crea que esto es terrorismo, busque en Inglaterra. I say that the Mexican who believes this is terrorism should look to England, Israel, France, Germany, everywhere, a place where he can add his name to call this a massacre. The petition has until December 24th to receive 100,000 signatures, and then we'll be able to get a response from the White House. We may have to wait for these children that survived the massacre and the grandchildren who they left without parents are old enough to defend what we have not been able to defend right now. Reported by Jessica Zermeño, this is Gianni Aponte for U News. And President Trump said during an interview on Tuesday that he plans to designate Mexican drug cartels as terrorist organizations. During the interview, the president declined to say exactly what measures would be taken once the groups are des designated. In Oregon, a federal judge has ruled the Trump administration cannot deny immigrants visas because they don't have health insurance. Judge Michael Simon said President Trump's rule requiring legal immigrants to show proof of health insurance is inconsistent with the Immigration and Nationality Act. Simon has previously blocked the administration from implementing the policy. Now a nationwide preliminary injunction is in place until the case is resolved. In New York City, the City Council voted Tuesday to ban all e-cigarettes and e-liquid flavors except tobacco. Supporters of the ban said that they were acting to protect young people whose use of e-cigarettes has surged in recent years. Democratic Mayor Bill de Blasio said he supports the ban and will either sign the legislation into law or let it take effect automatically. Vaping shop owners claim the ban will drive them out of business. The 2020 census is right around the corner. It's a process that determines political representation and how federal dollars are allocated. But as Juan Carlos Gonzalez explains, the census also impacts so much more, such as how food banks get funded. Food banks like this one provide food for free or at a very low cost to people in need. Funding it comes from the federal government and the state and nonprofit organizations. The money is sent through the proper channels and eventually is used to pay for food for the people. The funds are calculated by population. The more people who live in a specific city or state, the more money they get. If it weren't for programs like this and for our uh, corroborators as well, um, we wouldn't be able to service our families and our families depend on us on a weekly basis. Now, the way to know how many people live in a specific area is looking at by the census that takes place every 10 years in the United States. So if people are not counted properly, it will have a negative effect. Resources are allocated by the way that we are counted in our communities. So I know that people are, are scared to give their personal information, but the way those resources are is that if we're not counted, then we'll have less resources, less financial opportunities. If people don't return the questionnaire, uh, they are not counted, and as a result, less funding is going to come to different 
communities and it's going to be less uh, money into that community. Which will have a big impact for the next 10 years. So remember, if you don't participate in the census, it will be less money, less food for the people in need. So please, make yourself count. In Los Angeles, Juan Carlos González, U News. Thank you, Juan Carlos. And the census is conducted every 10 years, and your participation is, vital, is of vital importance to our community since it's the only way to know the exact number of people living in the United States. Join our Univision family in saying, count on me for the 2020 census. For more information, visit univision.com forward slash census 2020. In Colombia, a police officer was seriously injured when a homemade explosive device detonated near his head during protests in the city of Neiva on Tuesday. The violence came as protests continued across the country for a sixth straight day. The death on Monday of 18-year-old protester Dylan Cruz is likely to feel further criticism of the crowd desperation tactics of the riot police, which include tear gas and stun grenades. Former president of Bolivia, Evo Morales, was booed during an event in Mexico City in which he was being named an honorary citizen of the state of Oaxaca. Morales arrived in Mexico on November 11th after he resigned as president of Bolivia and the Mexican government granted him political asylum. A man walking along the platform of Buenos Aires subway stop was engrossed in his cell phone to the point that he didn't notice as he approached the edge and fell off directly onto the tracks. Take a look at this. The 49-year-old man walking along the stop is Buenor in Buenos Aires was wearing an orthopedic brace when he plummeted onto the rail tracks. Luckily, passersby came to the man's rescue and pulled him back onto the platform where he was attended to by emergency services personnel. And luckily, he didn't suffer any major injuries. Thanksgiving is upon us and many Latino families are putting together their own twist on the traditional turkey menu. And with us to talk about this is Univision's own Chef Jesus, my personal Chef Jesus, <laughs> who tells, is going to tell us uh, a little bit more of how we can put the Latino flavor on our Thanksgiving dinner. How are you, Jesus? Good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. My first time in Unews talking first about food. First of many, <laughs> hopefully. Um, and obviously, you know, what better time to talk about food than Thanksgiving, right? Mm -hmm. So we have, what we're going to talk about is, you know, the fusion that we do, or we can do in our kitchen when, we come, when it comes to an tra uh, American tradition, you know, it's Thanksgiving dinner, right? Mm -hmm. um, most of the time what we do on the side dishes is that we replace them completely. We replace the sweet potato and the cranberry, the cranberry sauce uh -huh. for maybe tostones or sweet plantains, Ooh. you know, or uh, rice and beans. But we also have the option of making those same American dishes, uh -huh. um, you know, a little, a little, um, Give it the, 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 the twist of the Latino kitchen, right? The, the, the ingredients, we'll say. The turkey is a must. Should we add some Latino flavors there? Uh, we can always do that. You know, we can, we can use different seasoning and Latino spices to do that. Or we can use the lechon instead of the turkey. Mm -hmm. But on, this, on the side dishes, we can always have um, maybe the same, like, for example, we made this this really morning, good. Right? What is this? This is um, pumpkin mashed. Okay. Instead of having the sweet potato or making it just as it comes, we added some spices. We added some jalapeno. Oh. We added some chili powder. Um, we also added some tomillo. And, you know, those spices that we usually use in the Latin kitchen. 
so we integrate it to the American dish. Are these um, diet friendly? Not really, not no. so diet, but, but we have options, you know, we can always avoid the butter, okay. avoid the whole milk, uh, the cheese, and replace them for maybe, you know, the butter for oil, uh, make our own broth maybe, not buying mm -hmm. it, you know, from, uh, from the supermarket, but Making we can make our own. Scratch. Exactly, make it from scratch. What about leftovers, because that's also a big thing, the day after Thanksgiving. That will be for Friday, right? So um, we have options with mostly the protein, the turkey and the lechon, whatever we have left over. We can always make some sandwiches, you know, or do maybe a coleslaw and make a nice slider with the, with the turkey. We, we shred the turkey or, or we can use the pork to make some uh, tamales at the end. Um, that we can we can make them actually for Christmas. So those leftovers, we can always put them in the freezer and use them in the in the future, in the future weeks. We begin to cook. I love this. What is your favorite dish for Thanksgiving? For Thanksgiving, us in Venezuela, we eat uh, dayaca, which is a tamal uh, in our house. That's what we do. We, we get together. It's a, it's a whole process that we uh, engage the whole family because, it's, you know, you have to make the, the dough, you have to make the filling, you have to wrap them in the, you know, in the plantain uh, leaf. Mm -hmm. So it's a whole process. It takes at least a couple of days. So it's a nice it's a nice plan to make. And I'm sure you'll be doing it with your family. Chef Jesus on Instagram, we can follow you, right? Yes, um, my Instagram is at ElJesusTV. Okay. <laughs> um, Spanglish. So you can follow me there and always in the mornings in Despierta America, uh, we will be making more recipes as well for Christmas and, and New Year's. we love it, we love it. That's why you keep us very healthy. Great to have you here, Chef thank Jesus. You, the you. first of many. Happy Thanksgiving to you, you and your lovely family. Happy Thanksgiving to you all and thank you for having me. More of U News after the short break. Imagine a daily newscast that speaks to you about your world in plain English. Each weekday, we partner with Hispanic America's most trusted news source to bring you the stories from home and abroad that matter to you. They don't know when they're going to be able to go back to work. Victims also from Mexico and this mass shooting. Officials in and out of the residence. We're going to continue fighting. U News covers the news of your world and makes it easy to understand. Your news, your world, your news on Fusion. Welcome back to your news. Now let's go to Annabelle Sedano with what's trending, starting with some good news for folks who've been keeping an eye on inactive Twitter handles. Annabelle, take it away. Hi, that's right. And we begin with this. Twitter will begin deleting accounts that have been inactive for more than six months unless they log in before December 11th. That's a deadline given. The call will include users who stopped posting to the site because they died unless someone with that person's account details is able to log in. It is the first time Twitter has removed inactive accounts on such a large scale. And moving on to this one, you might hear a little more emotion from Alexa's vaguely robotic voice sometime soon. Amazon has announced that developers can now have Alexa respond to questions from users with a happy, excited, or a disappointed, empathetic tone. If you want to hear the different voices for yourself, Amazon shared six examples, three for each emotion at increasing levels of excitement or disappointment. So there you have it. And finally, Disney Plus has been updated to add a missing continue watching section, making it easier to resume content that viewers start watching at an earlier point. It's a small update. Disney is adding it to server side so you won't even have to update your apps but it's a useful one 
that was oddly absent from the service when it first launched earlier this month. I'm Annabelle Sedano, and that was your Daily Dose of Tech News. Have a good one, guys. And from all of us that make you news possible, we wish you a happy Thanksgiving, and we'll see you back on December 2nd.